You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, I am bringing you one of the badass, like, most amazing women I'm going to be able to speak to all year. Like, I'm already claiming it because she is out here saving the world. Um, Not just any type of situation, not your average businesswoman. Yes, she is a businesswoman coming to talk about the importance of your network, but she's from Ukraine. She has fleed Ukraine. She's currently in Italy and she um, has helped over a hundred women also flee Ukraine. I have Anastasia Vladyshinsky and it's just, I, I probably, I just butchered the last name, but she's amazing. Like I'm honored to be sharing space with this woman because what she's doing for the world is making history. She's literally saving lives. This is not about likes and subscribe subscriptions and a bunch of money. No, these are people's lives. And these are the type of people that we need in the world. So thank you so much, Anastasia, for being here. Thank you for inviting me, Olivia. Absolutely. So what made you, or do you want to just give me a little bit of your background of like, you know, business wise and like who you are as a person? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am, and I'm on purpose saying that I am and not I used to be, a customer experience consultant, and um, I own <laughs> an agency because an agency, you know, physically was in Kiev, Ukraine. So before I would say I used to own an agency. It was a very successful, it is a very successful, it was a very successful. <laughs> I'm so confused with that, okay? it So far, so far, it used to be a very successful agency. We were helping companies like, you know, McDonald's, Max Mera, Visa, Hugo Boss, Kenzo, all those big brands. And I also taught at the business school. So, you know, I would teach executives of different companies on customer experience and all of that. Um, Yes, uh, but in the moment, all of that was uh, gone. I hope temporarily, but still for right now it's gone. And I had to flee Ukraine to find a safe place. Um, Just like my 120 girlfriends (laughs) had to. So today um, I'm having this mission, which I don't know how it found me, but... (laughs) I'm having the mission of helping my girlfriends who are stranded in Europe in different countries. And they are stranded. They either need accommodation or jobs or uh, mental support or sometimes plain money because they don't, you know, have the money to buy groceries for their kids. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. What made now you could be like everybody else that's just fleeing and just taking care of themselves, um, which is totally normal, you know, and admirable in this type of situation. But you have chosen to go above and beyond um, for these women. So what was that calling? Like, what, how did you know that this was what you were supposed to do? I 
think it found me rather than I found it because when you flee, when you, when, you, when, when you get out of Ukraine and you can use any border, but usually people use a, either Polish border because there's a lot of help right when you cross it. There are volunteers helping you and the kids and, you know, refugee camps or Hungarian. So these would be two. And um, some of my friends had to stay in line to cross the border for five days in their cars with their kids. So like sleeping, eating, you know, in the car because you're, because you, of the traffic jams, right? And uh, when I was, you know, leaving Ukraine, right after the border, you see rows and rows and rows of cars driven by women. They had to leave their husbands behind because husbands have, if, if you have a Ukrainian husband, Ukrainian husband stays, cannot leave Ukraine now under the they have to stay there because there's a martial loan right now. So them and the kids. And I saw them, like once they crossed the border, they started weeping with huge big eyes, scared eyes, like what am I going to do next? And I saw that picture and I don't have kids. So I don't want to be emotional here and I'm not playing on emotions, but Olivia, I have to tell you, like I've been asking God for 15 years why I don't have kids. And now I know because if I had kids in this situation, I don't even, you know, the stories of my girlfriends who have kids or with kids here without husbands, they are just heartbreaking. Okay. So when I saw that, I was like, you know, I, I feel like I want to help those women. And then, cause, cause we were driving in a car and then I got one call from the first girlfriend. She was like, Anastasia, I'm stuck in Croatia right now. Do you know anybody in Croatia who could help me with accommodation? I was like, okay, and I'm a doer. Like, I'm not gonna talk to you for, you know, for an hour just crying with you. <laughs> I'm a doer. I'm like, okay, so what do you need right now? It's like, well, I have my hotel booked for two nights. And then I'm like, so what happens next? She says, I have no idea because I don't have the money. So what did I do? I immediately sent her my own money because like, what do you do, right? It's your friend. So, and then I was like, who do I know in Croatia? And I started rem rem remembering people from the work because I, you know, I do international work. I, I do speeches in different corners of the world. So I was like, do I have anybody in Croatia? And then I, you know, I, I, I thought about the person. He, he used to be a former client of mine. And, you know, I texted him. Could you please, you know, there's a woman stranded. Do you have anything for her? Any job recommendation, accommodation, anything? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I do not personally, but I can put you in touch with. So that's how it all started. Now, you know, you take that story, you multiply it by, <laughs> by 10 for the first day and then by 100, by now, 120. And it's, it's almost the same. Everybody needs accommodation. Then they need, um, they need a job. And again, I have so many, thanks God, I have so many friends everywhere. So I asked them, do you guys have any remote jobs for, for my girls, girls while, you know, they're trying to find something stable for themselves? So then, you know, they said, yes, because, you know, there's always work, virtual assistance, marketing, digital. So I started connecting my friends from Ukraine with those friends from the States, for example, or Canada, and now they're doing some work for them. So yeah, that's how it started. I did not, you know, I did not look for it. It just, I think that everybody would do the same. Like your friend is in trouble, right? So I think everybody, no? I personally, 
I would, but, but everybody doesn't have your heart. Um, and it's, it's beautiful that you do. And I mean, you also being, um, working in customer service and stuff like that too, you know how to handle people, everybody. Now, you know, everybody don't know how to handle people. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's part of the reason you've, you've been successful is because people are not, people aren't good with the soft skills. Um, and so you've, you've built these relationships, but you've obviously maintained these relationships because people are willing to help you help your friends. Um, and I'm not just saying, because I mean, I granted, I didn't know you before this, but now I'm just like, if if I knew you before this, I would have, of course been like, oh yeah, how can I help? Um, and I mean, this is the best way I know to how, how to help at the moment, but still like, how did you build and form those relationships that you're now utilizing in a different way? I think that I never built them from the perspective of what can I get out of that relationship? And then again, I only understand it now because you don't analyze things. You just live how you live, right? And then you look back and you analyze and, and you make some conclusions. That's why I'm rethinking and trying to redesign the word network because for business people we talk we talk we even talk about like expanding our network right networking almost always having on the back of your mind that you're going to use that net for work sometime like you're going to use it sometime (laughs) and um I always, like, I've always hated that notion, okay? I would be, you know, if, if you're in the, in, if you're at the party or there's a business event and there is somebody standing by themselves, I would always come up to the person. I don't know why, but like, I would always, I would feel bad for that person. <laughs> so I would always come up and I never, I never started or maintained relationships just because they will because I could get something out of it. I tried to maintain relationships just with people who I like. And I don't care, you know, what kind of position you have or you had or you will have. Um, you know, if I like you, I, I will maintain the relationship. And again, if you are having a beautiful position that might be of my business interest, but I don't like you as a person, I wouldn't. So for me, I thought that was the drawback. I was like, you know, everybody networks just for the sake of networking why didn't I come up to that person because it was such an important person at the party (laughs) but I didn't feel like (laughs) so I always thought it was my drawback I thought it was something you know I should have done and um yeah that reminds me of an interesting of a recent event I was in New York City and we had a beautiful event with all the media experts, you know, people from Forbes, from CNN, BBC, and um, and it was it was a it was a media mixer, so we would have experts, you know, people experts in almost anything, like from cooking to customer service, <laughs> and then we would have those media representatives, right? So I ended up meeting only several people from media. But what I did for the whole night was connecting the, my friends that I know was those people in the media. I was like, oh, you have to, you're in cooking. You have a you know, cooking TV show. Let me connect you with my friend. <laughs> so by the end of the event, I was like, I was actually mad at myself. I was like, why didn't I care for myself? 
<laughs> you know, but first I connected those people, but you'll be laughing. These people, my friends that I connected with media people are now the first people who are supporting me in that webinar thing that I'm doing right now, just to raise money for my girlfriends. So you just, you never know how things can turn, but um, yeah. Does that answer your question or it was a... Yeah, I, I love it. I love you as a person. I read people very quickly. And um, uh, this, is, this is bringing me so much life. And, you know, it's amazing that you can bring so much life and, and spirit to a person while you're the one that's like dealing with a true tragedy right now. And I think that that just so, says so much about your character and how you can show up in the world and just be pure hearted because no, you don't, I, I'm the same way. I'll go to like networking things and I just gravitate towards the people that I gravitate towards. Like, I'm not about to just like be around people just because I, I don't care how much money somebody has. I don't care what their title is. Like if I think they're a crappy person, they're a crappy person. <laughs> like I focus on the ones that I like and it might be the janitor, you know, but <laughs> that, that just will be what it is. And um, you also said something which made me think about something else. You never reap from the same field that you sow into. And that's with, you know, saying like, you know, you connected these people with these people and, but those people are the ones to help you. You're not reaping from you, you, you helped plant a seed with them, but you're reaping in different ways and doing things in different ways. And, um, yeah, you never know how things are going to work out. Um, what do you think helps you with your faith during these times right now? Um, I don't have, um, I wish I had one simple answer, something like I read, I read the Bible in the morning and then it helps me throughout the day, but it won't be true. I read a piece in the morning and it's funny how, you know, before when, when you're reading all those Psalms where they have um, everything about the war, you'll be like, oh, let's skip it, right? Because <laughs> there's no war anymore. But now like it all speaks to your heart so profoundly. But unfortunately, I can't tell you that, you know, I read it in the morning and then it helps me throughout the day because um, frankly, there are so many ups and downs during the day. You know, uh, you could be like I'm right now, like I'm being myself right now, you know, my own energy, uh, it's just myself. But then you could take your phone and read an awful piece of news again, you know, what's going on in your country and you'll be like down for the rest of the, of the day. So to me, I think that the biggest source of power actually comes from, and again, from people, you know? So people, people who, who check on you, who say, you know, how are you doing? People who, um, who need help, people who give help. To me, that's because, maybe because that's just me. I get energy from other people. I don't get it from, you know, from, from sitting just by myself. But yeah, I, I, there's no one answer to this. Seriously, there's no. And then you would be full of faith 
one day you'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm sure I am where I have to be. I'm sure, you know, things will work out the best. And then the next morning you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed. You're just, you know, weeping in your bed. So, but I heard that's normal for people going through trauma. Right. So yeah, unfortunately there is no unanswered. I think that was a, a really good answer though. It was an honest answer. It is honest. Um, you know, because you're going through something so many people like this is, this is the first time in your life that you've had to deal with this, right? You know, I, I, um, I can only imagine the trauma you or the things you've even seen. And then with, with the no, news and, and seeing that stuff and you can't detach, you're helping so many. Oh my goodness. No, I, I'm going, you're, you're going to, for Anastasia, you're forever going to be in my prayers because we have to lift up the strong people. You're like, we really do, especially with what you're doing. I mean, how long has this been going on for you? Granted, we can sit in the, in the U S and see this stuff on the news and, and live our normal lives, not even thinking about the fact that this is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very real, unfortunately. And the worst part is that, um, you know, when it all started in the morning, I thought it was fireworks. Like, because, you know, I woke up from the explosions, but I thought it was fireworks. I, your mind is telling you this is not possible in the 21st century in the middle of Europe. Okay. And so because we, because it's so hard to believe it's really happening, your mind is in shock all the time. And um, and then when you when you live day by day, you're okay. But, but then when you start analyzing that, you know, in one day you've lost your home, your clothes, your stilettos. Yeah, I do think about my stilettos. <laughs> I do. Like, I'm like, you know. <laughs> and uh, And your family is still there. And then... Your newsfeed is filled with um, people searching for their loved ones. They can't find them. You're thinking, you know, your mind tells you this is not possible. Like when I saw the pictures from Kiev, from my city, my city, and there was a, there was a shooting there and the whole square is totally ruined. And that square is where the headquarters of McDonald's is. And I remember myself like doing trainees there. So when I see those pictures, I almost think this is photoshopped. <laughs> like I'm telling you, my mind is just, but then when you are there, when you, because I did spend, I didn't leave right away. I did spend several days in Ukraine and, you know, you're sleeping in your clothes because when the sirens go off, you only have like two, three minutes to go hide either in the basement or in the bathroom. Um, but in the basement, it's cold. So you have to be, you know, wearing something. So, you know, you run to the basement, you sit there, you, 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 you pick up the 
folder with your documents and you're there sitting and sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it's off so you can go back, sleep, and then you go back and you're shivering like a leaf all the time because it's it's a huge stress. First days, I didn't eat anything. And it's not just about me, it's about my friends. And again, I am in a better, better situation because um, you know, my friends, some of my friends are still for 14 days, they are in the basements, they can't get out of the city, they don't have food because Russians don't allow the humanitarian aid to come in and they they are not allowing the evacuation, like they're shooting the green uh, corridors. So like I'm trying to think, you know, for myself, I am lucky, seriously. I did have some trauma, but not that much as those people. And when you think about that being like in a beautiful country and, you know, um, and people think of Ukraine as if it's, um, it's a very poor country, but that is not true. You would see Tesla cars driving the streets. You would see my friends, you know, my friends are entrepreneurs or business owners or, you know, people driving BMWs, you know, Audi cars, beautiful apartments, beautiful houses. So it's not like, you know, it was a very poor country and then it, what, did, what did these people have to lose? <laughs> They lost a lot. And yeah, you can't you can't wrap your mind around this. It's almost like um, I feel like there is a huge wound inside of me, you know? And I don't even know. The worst part is we don't even know when it's going to heal or end. Yeah. So I don't know how I arrived here. But I mean, hey, you are helping other people. Like that that in itself is giving it so much more purpose there's so much purpose in your pain and while it's it's a struggle and it's a hassle right now in this moment you're doing the work you're getting out there you're speaking to people you're raising money to help women you're not even taking like a profit you're really like helping people and while the like we actually know like this is going to a good place you're showing up and doing things you're you know your webinars of service to fund and help other people um yeah and of course remember to take care of yourself there is no wrapping your head around this but gratitude gratitude more than anything of being grateful for the fact that that you know god helped you through this and he he's using you in, in such a way. And yes, there's, there's so much tragedy and loss. Um, and there's no answer. And what, what's going on is so wrong there. It is. It's so, it's so upsetting what's going on, the lives that are going to, that are being lost, the people like people that are starving, like that that's, I didn't even realize that they were not even allowing a humanitarian aid in there. Like that's, that's so disgusting. Yeah, there are some cities which are locked and you can't get any humanitarian aid in there because they want to look as if they are the ones spreading out humanitarian aid, not the Ukrainians, but they themselves cannot bring it in. So it just, uh, it just, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh I man. Know. So, okay, how can we help 
Yeah, so um, there are many ways. And um, I've seen people donating to governmental websites. That's fine. Then there are people donating. There was this beautiful cause um, when you can pay for uh, for an Airbnb, but not stay there. Like people would pay for a night in an Airbnb place in Kiev or any city in Ukraine. So that's also cute because, you know, the money goes directly to the host. That's, that's, I thought that was a nice idea. I don't know who made it up, but it was cool. Um, it's to us and my girls, um, why the masterclasses, the webinars? Because me personally, I don't feel comfortable accepting donations just like that without doing anything. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, somebody who does it is wrong. No, no, no. It's just my personal thing. Like, I feel like I have to work for it. Okay. So um, that's why I've started doing, you know, it's one masterclass a week, all around wow customer experience, client retention, you know, keeping your clients from dropping off, all of that. And all the proceeds that come from those webinars go into what we call SOS fund for, for my girlfriends. So when somebody's stuck, they would use that money to whatever they need. Yeah, that's what we do. But again, there are many ways. Even if you have, a, people are gratitude. I am overwhelmed with all the help we are getting from all the countries, seriously. You know, from opening homes to sending, to sending trucks with food. It's just, you know, it almost seems like every person out there is helping. <laughs> so even if you have somebody, you know, you have a friend or an acquaintance in Ukraine, if you can reach out to them and say, hey, tell me what you need, but please don't ask. Because yeah, there are some, I'll, I'll share, there are some stupid questions, okay? And please do not ask them. Like, for example, I hope you're okay. No, we are not okay. Mm-hmm. I hope you will bounce back soon. No, this ain't even over. Like people forget that like these things, it, just because it's out of the news, when it goes out of the news, it's not over. Like the destruction is there. It's happened. And they're going to, y'all are going to need help for years to come. Like the trauma that's going to come from this is going to be so flipping real. Like, oh, that, that is, I understand that annoyance right there. Yeah. So, or I hope you and your parents are safe. No, we are not. Okay. So don't say that. And again, you have to know something about Ukrainians. Um, even for me, it was the girls who know me personally. I had to ask them like three times, do you need money? Or, or do you have a place to stay tonight? Like I have to ask them because Ukrainians are used to working to get something, okay? We are not lazy people at all. So if you want to help, if you have a friend or acquaintance in Ukraine, ask them direct questions. Don't be afraid. You know, ask them, do you have a place to stay for tonight? Okay, do you have money to buy grocery? Do you have money to buy baby clothes? Okay, ask those straight questions. Don't say, if you need anything, you know, DM. They will not, they will not. It's just us, it's a cultural thing, we will not, okay? It's not that we are prideful, it's just that we always think that somebody else needs it more than I do, okay? I'll give you an example, which is, which has completely blown my mind and I can't, so a friend of mine, she's a financial expert, and you have to know, like, all those all those girlfriends of mine, they are, you know, well-educated, speaking several languages, beautiful minds, okay? So 
she texts me and says, Anastasia, I'm in a new country. I just fled Ukraine. My husband is back in Ukraine fighting. I'm with two little kids here. And I gave birth to the third one just now in the hospital. And I'm like, so I'm thinking she's going to be asking for help, right? Baby clothes, baby food, all of that. No, she comes ahead and she tells me, do you have any remote job for me? Because I think I'll be ready to do it in two days. And thanks God, I had a former client of mine in that, um, in that country, in that city. And she took a complete care of my girlfriend. She came, she brought her baby food, baby clothes. She, uh, you know, she secured several interviews for her. So, you know, people are so beautiful, really. But just for you to understand the, you know, the story, the story would help you to understand how Ukrainian women at least are. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, y'all are some badasses. Like I'm tearing up just think I'm such an empath and I feel other like emotions I'm literally putting myself there and just like her being like okay um I just had a baby but I'm gonna work and it reminds me also of like people that are in depression like dealing with depression don't tell them to dm you if you need help if they need help that's not gonna like no you really have to be direct you have to check on your strong friends, because especially if you've got that mindset, like I've got to work for it. I've got to do. Yes. Like it's, I, okay. I understand so much more and see, I, I wasn't even watching a whole bunch of this stuff, but when I saw your post come up, I was like, yes, this is something I want to do. Like this is somebody I definitely want to have on. I'm like, I'll move my schedule around because this is so important. And um, Sorry, it just, I, I knew I would gain so much more from learning from somebody that's been, been there and actually dealing with it than I would watching any story, any news story, that's understanding true, the culture, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Well, I'm definitely posting all of your links below to your workshops um, and everything else. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, um, something that I'm sharing, and which is very heavy on my heart, uh, is because you will now see lots and lots of refugees from Ukraine everywhere, right? I do not actually like the word refugee. Um, because there is a bad connotation about that word. And I personally have always thought of refugees being, you know, lazy, only wanting to, um, to be living on welfare, social benefits, and why, as an entrepreneur, I have to pay taxes for those people. I am raw with you right now. And if you haven't thought this, you know, you're good. I have always thought this way. So, um, what I would suggest is for the international community to see, and I told you that these women, and it's mostly women who have fled, okay? These women are well-educated, they are ready to work, they will work, and all of them want to go back. So I would encourage everybody to think about Ukrainians who had to leave, more of like, you know, 
temporarily displace people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And to always see that there is, you know, I don't know, this person could be even more educated than I am. Okay. Um, treating them as equals. Because I, you know, I'm very protective about my girlfriends. I care about their, their safety, everything. But I also want to protect them from all the, you know, everything bad that could come from the society. The prejudice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, for, for me personally, I am totally looking at refugees, all refugees now in a completely different way. You know, it's just, it's people who were forced to leave their homes. They would love to be back. They would love to, because there's nothing better than home. You want to, you know, sitting on your own couch and not in, on your friend's couch to be in the, in your own living room. So, yeah, so this is something which is heavy on my heart. And I just wanted to share and, you know, maybe this will um, change somebody's perspective on who a refugee is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, just, I, I, I say flee, I, but I like um, temporarily displaced Ukrainians mm -hmm. is what we're going to see. And we're going to see a lot of, a lot of them, hopefully, hopefully we do see a lot because the more we see, the more we know we're safe. And that's the most important thing. And we have to lift our brothers and sisters up in this time and, and, you know, speaking as an American, I know a lot of people that are very nationalist and, and, and I've never thought that way about refugees. I'm going to say that, but I do know other people that do. And I appreciate your honesty, um, with, with sharing that too. Um, a lot of people here in America, what our issue is, is we own the good and the bad, but we don't ever face our ugly. We don't like to ever look in the dirty mirror and really do the self-reflective work to be like, okay, we, we could be better at this. We're so, that is one of the things here in America. We are so for a show, but never, there's a lot of disingenuine people here. Um, and I've been, I've been realizing that more and more um, very, very money hungry. Now I love this country. I do. I'm not saying that I don't, but I'm, I'm just being honest. Um, and I know hey, that but it's global, Olivia, it's global. You know, I've been, I've been, working in and, and speaking in so many countries, it's global. We are afraid to be genuine because we are afraid what people are going to think about us. But mm -hmm. when you face war, you don't care what people think about you, seriously. Absolutely. Like you stop caring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. This is, this just, this gave me so much life. I know the people listening to this and um, I'll post it on YouTube as well. So the people seeing this will, We'll gain a whole different perspective on what's going on. And um, I hope they sign up for a workshop because, um, yeah, it, it's going to a very, very good cause. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for joining me today. It was such a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And really enjoyed our conversation. I thought it was deep. deep. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. <laughs>